Hello and welcome to our first episode of the Simpsons podcast in 2024. No interview guest this week, but even better, I'm joined by George Morgan and Random Coolsign. Happy New Year. Happy New, Happy New Year. Year. How are you guys doing? Did you have a, a good Christmas and New Year? Yeah, it was it was good. It was relaxing. Yeah, you were. Um, I saw around of you. You had uh, some sim racing guests at your house. I did. I did sim- have sim racing HQ. Yeah. For for, um, for lunch, Christmas is a good cook. It was uh, it was nice to see a crossover between some like family orientated Christmas content, but also like a clashing of sim racing worlds into that. It was very odd because sometimes at Christmas you get the, like the behind the scenes of the personalities esports drivers streamers etc were mm-hmm. like oh this is me being wholesome in my jumper cooking food except with you it was like that but also with sim racing hq which was kind of cool yeah it was awesome very relaxing and i got to a cigar <laughs> nice <laughs> nice celebrating anything with the cigar or just uh, well just whenever i get one hundred thousand subs that that'll be it nice nice <laughs> okay so uh, in this episode, we are going to be looking forward to 2024. We're going to be discussing what we're most excited for, what we think the highlights of 2024 is going to be. But first, if you could sum up, and this is going to go to both of you, so whoever I choose second is going to get an advantage here. If you could sum up the sim racing story of 2023 in one sentence, it would be George? It would say, uh, say twin heads. Uh, how many words? Just one. No, no, it's sentence. You get a sentence. Oh, That's a sentence. just a good point. The sentence can be as long as you like. Okay. I would say twin-headed serpent. <laughs> um, if I'm honest. Okay. That sounds really sinister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think okay. on the basis... We're going to have to, have to dive uh, a little deeper into that. We'll elaborate, I think, as, as time goes on. I'm going to let Ricardo go first, though, for the next one. Uh, I had something similar. I would, I would say a mix of highs and train wrecks. <laughs> Oh. Okay. <laughs> right. Well. Okay. Explain. It, it started with train wrecks and it finished with train wrecks. It's awesome, but the middle was good. It's a like train wreck a, sandwich. Like a, a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, surely it would be. A, it would be like a. It would be like a good sandwich, right? Because the bread is the train wreck. Bad. Otherwise, you're no, having a bread no. sandwich. In, in a sandwich, you need to get bread. Otherwise, it doesn't yeah. work. Mm-hmm. The bread mm-hmm. makes the sandwich. Okay. What? Well, <laughs> So what were your train wrecks of 2023? Uh, okay. Uh, MSG. Uh, so mm-hmm. with virtual Le Mans, with the, um, with the issues they had, uh, you know, this, the, destroying basically Traxion.gg, the, the loss of licenses. Uh, but for me, the biggest one is for them, uh, it's Traxion.gg. Then yeah. we have the league racing on Formula One. That George is very, <laughs> very into it. And also the Fanatec train wreck that has been on the latter stages, especially with Black Friday. So it's, there's a little bit of everything. Oh, okay. The Fanatec train wreck might have passed me by. Oh, my God. So I have heard rumors um, that there is some issues with yeah. shipping. I saw some well, screenshots of some comment it's... sections. Yeah, yeah, but it's people are always complaining. No, but it's not rumors at all. So they had the ma- a massive issue with um, um, with lack of stock for the longest time. Uh, they got stock, but at the same time, they had switched from uh, their distributor in Europe 
to another one, to another warehouse. And from that point onwards, everything like it, it, it's, it's a train wreck from there. And then it snowballs into other issues. And there are people like waiting for six to 60 days for the, yeah. for, uh, for their uh, deliveries. Some of them are lost. And then because there's a, a massive backlog, you can't get hold of them. If you have an RMA, you're basically done. Yeah, I've heard so three to four months. It, it, it's not stuff. looking pretty. Yeah, yeah. The average is... is around like four weeks. But yeah. then there's the edge cases, and the edge cases are essentially what builds the reputation of a of a company. Uh, it's not the average. If if you say if you know for the get go, like you like you were talking to me, oh, it took me four weeks to get the rig, right? Mm -hmm. But if you knew from the from the get go, it would be about four weeks. You could make. An educated guess, or you can make like a call. Okay, I'm going to wait the four weeks, and then after four or five weeks, at least as long as you have the information, you'll be fine, right? It's, yeah. annoying, it's annoying, but it's going to be fine. The there thing is... is, you throw, I'm playing a lot of Baldur's Gate, you throw a D20, <laughs> and you're rolling a lot of uh, critical ones, right? <laughs> That's basically it. There is something particularly painful about waiting for sim racing kit although right i will point out that this is a real first world problem right so we're, i'm not comparing this to anything that's actually a big deal that. right i understand but the, because of because a sim rig is made up of so many constituent parts and you need most of them to be able to do anything like you can't just get started once the seat arrives because <laughs> then yeah, you know yeah, yeah. you're sat on the floor imagining yourself going around the track like in cool runnings right um so you need absolutely everything so it just takes one part to be delayed like let's say you're starting from scratch right you could yeah. have spent hours and hours and hours weeks and weeks building your rig that you know you fine-tune but like i spent hours at the simlab p1x behind me like spent hours getting it just right for like, my leg distance arm distance like ready like there's no screen on it right so i can't <laughs> like, i can't use it but i really enjoyed the process of setting it up but imagine you go through that process and like three weeks pass and your RAM still hasn't arrived. Yeah. You know, and yeah. You, so, your, so your computer doesn't work. And so it's basically pointless. Like, the, that the is, graphics card that is one of the, the problems. But you're totally you know right. We're spoiled not... about Amazon Prime. Amazon mm. Prime kind of spoils oh, us. Awesome. You know, it's next to a delivery and whatever. But it, it's still, for me, it's, it's never about the wait. It's always about not having information where your money is. Mm. And then if you want to contact somebody, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's really a bad look. So it, it can take them, you know, half, if they don't resolve this by, by basically middle of this year, it's very likely that they're going to be behind on everything, no matter how much money they put into it. In and I opinion. wonder if the other brands are, uh, are noticing um, some benefit if people are like, well, I'm going to cancel my order because it's been four, five, six weeks now, and I'm going to move across to Simicube or Assetek or Logitech or Thrustmaster. Like the, you know, there's it's probably, maybe it's just a small percentage, but it's going to happen. It's always snowballs. Yeah. Okay. So that's your, uh, train wreck. George, what were your double headed serpents? Uh, my twin headed serpent, uh, for the year. I, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for Ricardo because I think we're going to cover all bases. I think here around sim racing. So yeah, brilliant. <laughs> um, I, I, first of all, I want to kick things off. I mean, things went well back in the early part of the year because we had ESL R1, which was fantastic. You know, it was great to finally get another competition off the ground. You know, it's another avenue for sim racing, which is brilliant. And to have ESL behind it was massive as well because no one does esports better than ESL. You know, they are they are a fantastic production company, biggest in the world. 
Um, I will say this, though, that obviously we had our own trials and tribulations with the F1 scene. Uh, of course, we came off the back of uh, F1 22, which uh, was very well documented with the, the handling issues and the desyncs and the porpoising that was introduced throughout that. And then all of a sudden we moved to F1 23, which there were some significant improvements in the actual game as well. The handling model is great, you know, in, in a certain sense. Then we had the, the tire wear glitch that made headlines uh, across um, across Twitter and then followed that up then with the situation the championship is in at the moment. Uh, but what I will say is that I think the community have a grand responsibility and certainly a grand have responded in a, in a grand fashion um, by the likes of PSGL, WOR, all of a sudden bringing back the league mm. competitions. You know, we've had the Ironman League with Timbo, who, of course, represents his, represents Fez or Future Esports. He's also an engineer at Haas F1 Esports. Uh, he has come up with this grand concept that he's been working with WOR on. And that has really uh, grabbed the attention of the drivers and the viewers and the passionate fans of F1 Esports. And the same can be said for PSGL. Like, PSGL weren't planning on another season uh, because, obviously, they don't want to run it during F1 Esports because the top level of PSGL mm. are the same drivers and they're not going to race in it. So they... Because obviously there was no idea as to when they were going to restart again, PSGL took it upon themselves to say, right, we're going to start another championship here and now. And I tell you what, I think, judging by the fans' response to what we had at round one only on Wednesday, I, I think we definitely achieved a big feat there, which was great. But um, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of issues there. I want to touch on, obviously, the traction thing. I think that is desperately sad. I think there's many good people that have unfortunately lost their, you know, lost their platform as such. And, you know, it's obviously very well documented as to what's going on with most games at the moment. But um, obviously, various other matters that have obviously entered the fold. And, um, you know, iRacing have had their own trials and tribulations with the with the whole rain uh, concept that they're trying to bring in. There's further delays on that and, uh, and other matters. Oh, I I, delay. Uh, well, to get it right, I, yes. Yeah, I prefer yeah, a delay. Yeah. I think I think if you're going to give a delay, though, I think maybe just think about what time you're going to give at the very start to begin with. I think perhaps uh, and maybe just factor in everything that you're going to have to research and and, and construct in order to make it happen. Um, I would though say that it's great news to hear that AC2 is in is in the works. I think that was probably a big statement that the community needed i think at this point yeah interesting i mean you know we've no, we've known that an ac2 has been you said in the works you know it's been worked on in some fashion since um i guess sim racing expo 2020 but i think this year was really the year where we started to see some real positive signals we're like oh okay it's it's definitely coming and the studios are saying x y and z about it and now we've got these little clues and it's starting to get it's starting mm -hmm. to get mentioned um yeah now george as the official spokesperson of uh the f1 esports series as you Who appear to be on job? twitter based on the the comments and <laughs> i couldn't the believe comments it and honestly, DMs God. That you unbelievable get. <laughs> like there's some guy turned right to me i was i was i honestly i i just Chill. I didn't know what to say. I was just sat there. I, I mean, first of all, I'm honoured. Um, <laughs> or am I not? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah, make sure you I get mean, that invoice in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, they were saying, you know, um, this guy, I don't know who he is from Adam. <laughs> but he is Adam. And uh, he messaged me on Discord saying, you know, what's happening with the F1 Esports series? Now, I, what I did not include in that tweet was the um, load of messages he sent me only a month prior, you know, um, basically suggesting... She said, well, you said, when's the F1 Esports event? And I was like, it's cancelled. You said, no, it's not. You're lying. 
I was like, well, why did you ask me then? Oh. Uh, I was like, <laughs> and then, then I said, honestly, all the drivers are back at home, I said. And he said, no, they're not. I was like, you obviously know better than me. <laughs> Even though no event <laughs> took place, right? So, yeah, I, I, it's, it's been a really rough time uh, for me, personally, off the back of that. Yeah. Um, honestly, I would love nothing more than to be back on that broadcast, man. Honest to God. Um, I, I was, I was, I was, un- I was, uh, you know, uh, I would have loved to have done event one, you know, but obviously I had ESLR one commitments and, and I loved what we did with the ESLR one as well. And if, if I had the power and ability, I would love to be in two places at once and, and do everything. But, uh, you know, honestly, the, the, the potential is so vast there. And, and with everything that they've got, you know, you know, potentially with that game, obviously with the F1 affiliation, with it being an F1 licensed product, you know, what the, the possibilities there are endless. With, with that platform so I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll come to some solution this year hopefully i would love to see some coordination between the event dates between um f1 esports eslr1 and sro because there were a huge number of clashes last year yeah. that was that was frustrating now maybe from a viewership point of view it's not all bad because of course it means that people can sit down they can have a couple of streams going at once and it's a real kind of day or weekend of of sim racing and perhaps people like that because it's not a huge amount it's not it's, it's not big stuff happening every week so to bunch them together maybe hypes hypes it up but it does i don't know it does kind of strain those who are well, involved in it a little bit here the fia pick, are taking do you go a, here or do you go there and i know yeah the fia are taking a little bit of a bold step yeah, the no, they're, they're sort of looking onwards and looking at esports as a as a really important segment of the market that they're not really heavily involved in apart from mm. the motorsport games you would argue that does take you know some precedence but you know i think there does need to be some form of governing body i think that kind of officiates everything at the top level you know so maybe your sros your your f1s things of that nature i, I just think mm. perhaps there should be some sense of control there um, like they do in all of motorsport as a whole but you need to have knowledgeable and, and people who know about the scene and, and know how it works yeah okay so let's now look forward to 2024 firstly do we think 2024 is going to be good news for sim racers or not yes i think it will be um first of all we're gonna have norch life in acc mm-hmm. uh, the gt2 pack gt2 yeah uh, that's coming later this month. I'm not really into it, but probably is going to bring some improvements on on handling. We have AC2 as well. Maybe, uh, 2024, maybe. Maybe, it's but, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come. It's going to come. Yeah. They, they'll probably show something. Might get a trailer. Uh, trailer would be good. Yeah, a trailer would be great. Uh, <laughs> possibly test drive Solar Clown. Mm-hmm. Well, not so much sim racing, but, you know, racing games. Yeah. And then hopefully Ian Bell brings something that we can play with GTA Revival. Yes. That would, that would be great. And hopefully for George, F1 2024 will be better. <laughs> will it like Ricardo, for the vote yeah, of faith, my friend. <laughs> no, honestly, I think it might, from my sense, Tom, I think, again, I'm going to go with Twin-Headed Serpent's younger brother, I think, uh, for this one. Um, at the end of next, at the end of next year, uh, mainly because um, 
I think obviously there is some good stuff that is happening. AC2, great. Obviously, a set of course to competitors, the only Norse Life, uh, GT2, fantastic. Always love to have new content, uh, I think, available to the community. There is some real excitement, though, around the next F1 game, I think, because it's been now a few years since EA Sports have taken over the license, for a couple of years anyway, I think maybe a year or two. And I have reason to believe, and I'm just looking at the the kind of rule of thumb and platform that they've sort of sustained over the last number of years. Obviously, since 2013, they've run the EGO engine, um, which they've had. But I, I have reason to believe, I reckon we're going to go to Unreal Engine 5, I think, this year, um, which I think will change the game a little bit. Obviously, that's more in line with your, your ACCs then. Um, you know, so we'll have to see whether we, we sort of see some big changes in that case. What what game is going to go to Unreal? F one twenty four. That's what oh, I. Oh, F one twenty four. Uh, they yeah. yeah. Codemasters released on Unreal Engine four, the um, WRC. That's correct. Yeah. It, it has some problems. Yeah. It has some problems. Hopefully, with Unreal Engine five, they they fix all of those problems. Yeah. Yeah. I think like any other new engine. I, I think, think you're right in the sense that. Yeah. yeah the F one game definitely needs an overhaul. Yeah. Because yeah. not only has it not been performing particularly well in terms of quality, I have I've, I, there's a bit of a sense of it's becoming less and less exciting. It's you know the calls for why isn't this just a an update, a patch, a DLC, essentially just a livery pack each year are getting louder and louder. Um, and you know a lot of games are starting to move to longer release cycles and you know the annual you know look at fifa for example fifa set up a bit of a president it was it was known for every single year you get a new fifa and now that's no longer the case there's a huge amount of analysis um that will have gone into that decision um so you know you you could expect other uh, other games and racing games included to follow suit but i think that would be that would be a good thing for for sim racing because it takes a long time to refine these physics models it takes a long time to refine the way that the the cars are reacting to various inputs but be it controller or uh or, or wheel right so I, I think the the need for it to be pushed out every single year churned out every single year if they remove that that you know perhaps the developers will have a bit more time to finesse it and i think of all the game genres out there perhaps you could argue that the one that needs finessing the most is racing because the devil is so much in the detail yeah that's already been the case yeah. for for years but when whenever whenever formula one or redder whenever ea is is there and you you say that it, it starts to become a little more games as a service Mm. And then it's loot packs, and you end up spending more than if it would release the game yearly. What have you spent, Ricardo? What have you spent, Ricardo? Sorry, how much have I spent? Well, I haven't. To be honest, I haven't bought uh, Formula One since 2020. Oosh. Okay. Exactly. That was a, that was a good one. Though. That was a good one, though. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. 2020 was really good. Yeah. Okay. So let's. Um... Let's let's go a little bit um, sideways. Are there any indie games, any indie racing games um, that you guys are, are looking forward to coming out in 2024? There's a there's a huge list of of prospect um, indie games, uh, and there's a couple that are standing out for me. But how about you guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, not I, really. 
I, I've got one which I am technically working with at the moment. Um, there is a game called Celeros, mm. which is uh, coming out uh, in the near future. As to, as to whether they've got a release date yet, I have no idea, but um, it is in very much the early goings, I, I think, of release. And it's it's basically following Airspeeder. It's the, it's the virtual version of Airspeeder, which is uh, dro a drone flight uh, sport, which is eventually going to be a piloted sport. Um, they've released what they call the, the Mark IV, um, which is the, the Airspeed Mark IV. They call it the Race Bird. And um, it's endorsed by, you know, various top pilots, including the likes of Zeph Walsh and, and people like that who are professionally trained pilots. And uh, they're basically looking to bring, you know, Formula One to the skies. That is their vision. Um, so it's, it's a very different, concept very new concept but i've been working as a commentator for their esports series or should we say their community tournaments um we're currently in the midst a of a lot of fun to watch it's it's very good yeah we, we just actually we had a meeting yesterday um with regards to the plans for the community tournament final and uh, we're getting we got we got some really exciting stuff coming for the next two uh tournaments including you know, obviously we've got to get, first of all, the, the next batch of drivers through to the final, but the final is going to be live broadcasted and released at some point. So that'll be a great chance for people to really check it out and see what it's all about. Yeah, I'm also very excited for Celeros. It's an interesting concept because it is, you know, it is racing. There are mm. tracks, there are laps. The different, there's, there's no tire touching tarmac, but actually everything else about this game it is simulated racing, so it is kind of in a way. It is it is sim racing. Obviously, it's just very different because it's it's not yeah, right. Exactly right. It's yeah. not cars. But I did. I really enjoyed um, the the last tournament. Listening to your commentary of uh, Bruno Senna uh, flying around the uh, the track. They've only got one track at the moment. They've been focusing yeah. on um, kind of community tools and, and tournaments more so than the the IP. But obviously. Once they get that nailed down, then I expect them to roll out a whole load of different um, tracks. And the fact that it's the idea is that it becomes essentially F1 23 is to the F1 real world. It's the same thing. But the, the interesting thing is that because of technology and because these, these airspeeders don't exist yet in their final form, the game has come before the real world concept, which is going to be fascinating. I'm really enjoying watching the... Um, the progress and have you know spoken to the team over at Solero. So they're a really cool bunch of guys obviously developed in Australia, but then they've got a team in the UK and a team uh, in the US. It's uh, it's a really cool, uh, fun group of people creating that game. So I've got, um, I've got big hopes for that. The other one I wanted to mention um, was uh, Exocross. Any thoughts on Exocross? To be fair, I, I've never really heard of it. I think I just heard you Googling it. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I never heard of it. Is it Rallycross? So, Exo... It, it, yeah, kind of. It's it's a bit like Rallycross meets uh, Mudrunner. It's out in early access form um, at the moment. Uh, it's meant to be out kind of like towards the end of end of this year. Um, but the yeah, there's a there's an affiliation there to 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 iRacing. It's under iRacing's uh, umbrella now, which you know, wow. which I think kind of is probably going to put it on a lot of people's radar. But if you look at the artwork of that game, I think it's a bit of a game changer, right? Because something I've always said, considering on this podcast, is that I think the one thing that sim racing does wrong is too much emphasis on the sim in sim racing and not enough emphasis on the entertainment of racing generally. So if you look at Exocross, it's going to have all the hallmarks of a good physics model, good feedback, a good feel of racing. 
But if you look at the, the, the worlds that you race in, it's, it's almost like a fantasy. It's in space, which I think is great. You know, if you can, if you've got a rig at home and you're into sim racing and you understand how cars react and how you can drive them, how you can race them, what the lines are, what the racecraft is. Oh, but this time you're racing across the moon. Like, why the hell not? You know, I think sometimes yeah. sim racing can be a little too serious. And I saw Exocross yeah. and I thought, I wonder if this is going to, if it's going to, if it's going to become a funnel for people, for gamers generally who like that kind of whimsical, fantastical world. And it might be their first experience of racing and go, oh my God, this is so much fun. And actually, I really like the racing. I'm going to try and get to other racing games or vice versa. Yeah, I, I think. Um, well, that, we I mean, had a lot of these. Sorry, you go first. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, mate. Um, yeah, honestly, sorry. I was I was thinking of a, a thing Nathan Take said. Um, he says it frequently on Twitter. And, uh, of course, he's the boss of G2 Esports. And he said sim racing in itself has a great opportunity to, to almost set itself apart from its real-life kind of part. Because you can go to levels with sim racing that you can't go in real life. So, you know, maybe it's time for sim racing to, to almost step out of the shadow of real life racing and become its own entity in a certain way and maybe hmm. you know draft up you know dream tracks it's why a lot of people like the Assetto Corsa um, you know site because they can fully mod it you know customize it introduce things yeah. that you wouldn't necessarily see in real life and you know you see some funny memes on social media you know some very strange cars that you see out on track and you know cut should we say strange cars in strange situations and it's quite entertaining to see that and at the same time as well you could draft up a, a semi-serious series with unlikely circumstances i think and i and i think that's the one thing that sim racing can provide yeah no i totally agree now there's two more games i want to talk um talk about uh one is gt revival what we're expecting from that, what we want to see from that this year. Uh, and the other is Le Mans Ultimate and how mm. much of an impact we think that is going to make on the scene. Which one you want to go first? Which one jumps out at you, Ricardo? Which one is screaming uh, your name? The thing is, I'm not the big fan of MSG kind of titles. Mm. So let's start with GTR Revival. Is that a shoot? Okay. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, just, it, it, it's just what it is. Um, for GTR Revival, uh, if they can get the the mix of what they got in Project Cars, especially one and two, a little bit of Need for Speed Shift, and also on GTR Two, um, that would be a really awesome thing. I I enjoy older cars. I think mm. there's not a, a lot of interest in older GT cars or older cars in racing that probably were kind of forgotten. But they were popular at the time, but now they're, you know, coming out of uh, circulation. And Project Cars 2 had a lot of that, which, for example, the, if you guys remember the GTR R32 that they had with the Godzilla, right? Those kind of cars, those kind of Group A's and Group B's and all of that. Mm. I think for racing, they're awesome. And Group C cars as well, old cars like that. Yeah, that the perhaps the total opposite of the kind of the GT3 style that has become yeah. the norm, where the, they're kind of forgiving, as in the GT3 is a kind of forgiving. It's kind of it's like a uh, skiing. It's quick to pick up, but hard to hard to master. Actually, you drive some of the older cars, and every single corner you need to get out of the habit of just planting your foot on yeah. the accelerator because you'll just end up facing the the wrong way. Um, but I'm excited to see a little bit more more than just content right and it was in, uh, interesting um you both mentioned Nordschleifer coming to acc as mm -hmm. a big standout moment next year 
And I find that really interesting because the Nautilus Life already exists in loads of games. And, the, you know, we've been racing ACC, the GT3, GT4, and well, now, now GT2, I guess, cars for, for ages and not just on ACC. So why is it that a track that we already know and have raced for ages coming to a platform that we've already played for ages is a big deal? It's about, um, it's, it's about what you have already on ACC and where, in the case of, Nor of Nordschleife, specifically for, uh, for, uh, for Assetto Corsa, Competizione, is where it's coming from. And it's something I think it, it misses a lot still, which is the NLS. So you're having a, an endurance race with, uh, with content that is accurate. It's something that doesn't really exist in sim racing. In iRacing, you can have like three or four cars or five cars. You have like a limit of number of cars. And with competition, you can, you know, get all the cars there. If you want to do multi-class, you can do it very easily between four or five, six classes if you want to, as long as the server allows it. That's the specific thing for Seto Corsa Competizione. For, us, for example, but for the old Seto Corsa, it's exactly the opposite thing. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and and with with that in mind, I think related. It's interesting how so far nobody has said that they're particularly excited for anything new coming out in Ren Sport next year or this year. Yeah, um, hasn't it? Had, you know, just, not, just, just an observation. It just hasn't. It just it well, just hasn't come up. Why? Uh, why are we not? Because when Ren Sport was announced, it was a big. Bang! It was right. Yeah. It was digital ownership. It's you're going to have a garage. You're going to have a car. It's ESL is involved. This is the new big headline racing game. And a, a year later, we've just done the first half an hour of what's happening in 2023 and what we're looking forward to in 2024. And Ren the game, withstanding you know your your, your comments on ESL R1, Ren the game hasn't been mentioned once. Yeah, I think there's a huge aura of mystery, I think, around that at the moment. Uh, I mm. think off the basis that I would say the one good thing that we have seen, though, um, and, and something I have had the opportunity to try was the touring cars, which um, was, you know, fantastic to, to be to have a go. At. I was I was so slow, by the way. I'm, I'm so, so washed <laughs> as a racer. It is honestly unreal, um, which is why I use a microphone. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, the actual look <laughs> of, of touring cars is uh, is just, it's a pleasure to drive as well and a pleasure to watch as well when some actual decent drivers are behind the wheel. And then I think that will open more doors, I think, for, you know, more championships going forward. I think we'll see perhaps some of the, you know, the competitors that were part of the R Factor 2 side of things when they were trying to run a championship there and also run uh, organizations, certainly run a, a touring car side there as well. I think slowly drift towards wrench sport potentially in the future. We've seen also the Porsches now have their own championship on wrench sport with the Porsche Carrera Cup. Lewis McGlade is commentating on that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm I am hopeful for wrench sport, but um, I, I think until we really know 100% what the plans are in terms of a ESL R1 second season is, uh, I think we'll have to sit tight on that. But do you think it? Do you think that the esports activities? Are the driving factor for Ren Sport, or do you think actually it's the improvements to the playing experience that will be the driving force behind Ren Sport becoming a mainstream game? I think both. Um, I, I think you need you need both, obviously. But I think the one thing that that really hit home was when I was chatting to them when I was over in Sweden. Uh, their main mo around 
doing esports first before releasing anything to the public. It was all about trying to break the game. So they were constantly trying to break it in order to make it better. So they felt if they put it in the hands of the sim racers, that they could by default tune the game, make it better for your commercial user. And, and therefore, you know, when the esports drivers have had a go at it, they are ultimate at what they do. They're OP. Their pace is unreal. Mm. They themselves can respond as to what they believe a car should feel like. Like James Baldwin has brilliant views on that. He hails ACC as the greatest sim at the moment in, in terms of GT3. And he's driven both the real life uh, elements and also the, yeah. the sim elements. So he has a full understanding of that. So I think having those people on board is a huge tool to wrench for in order to enhance their game. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful because it'll be nice to see um some more variety however there is a there's going to be a lot of variety by the end by this time next year when you sit down uh, you know looking at you here ricardo right you sit down to do some some streaming or just do some races yourself you're going to have so many options of let's you know fingers crossed good racing games let's say Rensport releases a whole load of content and becomes a real flurry of activity and then gt revival comes coming out to f1. oh my god look at these happening? old cars and oh my god a set of course of two just dropped yes. how do you choose <laughs> Uh, well, honestly, going back, going back to Rangeports, uh, honestly, I, I don't really care about Rangeport content. I think it's the, the, the most boring thing right there. Rangeports uh, really interests me only in two ways, which is the SLR one as the, the top eSport thing. Because esports and sim racing as esports, not just as a, a method of trying to replicate a race in re from real life in in a sim relation, it's completely different. Rangeport is completely different. They, they want to have stuff that is short, that it has a lot of impact, can create drama. It's more like if a BTCC race means, meets GT3, something like mm. that, right? The other thing on Rangeport for me is modding. Something that I've, you know, I, I'm really interested in Rangeport because of the modding part, because I'm a big modder guy. I, I love, you know, driving Assetto Corsa. And I want to see how mods will be translated in Unreal Engine 5. And because this could be, have a, a huge impact in all sim racing, not just for Rangeports. But as more companies use the Unreal Engine, that means you could have more potential for growth and for more modding and for more companies to start doing their own thing. Hmm. Yeah, the the modding scene is going to be um, it's going to be incredibly interesting. And GT Revival, I know if you if you if you look at Ian Bell's tweets or oh, they're um, beautiful those tweets. Those they images. are beautiful. I subscribe to his uh, his mailing list as well. His email, uh, his uh, I don't know monthly updates, and they're they're so beautifully written. Um, but mods are going to be a focus there as well with older cars, which yeah. should be really interesting to see. So I'm I'm also excited to see the the growth of the. Um, the modding scene in 2024. So we we have a bit of an unwritten rule in this podcast that we don't talk about real world motorsport, right? We don't, because we, the danger, especially at the start of this podcast, over a year ago now, I was super into the F1 game. The F1 game was like the bread and butter. And that was what I talked about all the time. And I was like, we can't just make this another F1 podcast because everybody and their dog has an F1 podcast at the moment, right? <laughs> So we'll keep this brief, but I am interested, maybe just once a year, to review the relationship between motorsport and sim racing. Now, oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. That lap in Abu Dhabi, right, piqued everybody's interest in F1. Drive to Survive was pushing viewership numbers of Formula One through the roof. 
the Max versus Lewis rivalry will go down in history as one of the greatest motorsport rivalries of all time, right? Regardless of which camp you're in, I think. And so there was a huge hype, right, around Formula One. George is dying. <laughs> you're right. Um, I'm back. A it's huge okay. Hype. And we saw a huge boom in sim racing at the same time. So my questions are, how linked do we think the, the success of motorsport in terms of viewership numbers is to the success of sim racing? And with that in mind, what do we think is going to be the impact this year? I.e., do we think we're in for a good year of real-world motorsport? Your first choice. Uh, um, yes, I think so. Uh, yes. Um, I, I, I think <laughs> um, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, I don't think we'll see anything really too significantly different. I think if there's, if there's one series I'm really looking forward to, actually, it's F2. Um, I honestly think the Formula 2 Championship mm. is going to be the, the biggest high point, I think, of the year because we have got a scenario where all the drivers are driving a new spec of car. And you've got the likes of Andrea Kimi Antonelli teaming up with Oli Behrman. Um, of course, Behrman's proven in F2. But then you've got Antonelli, who I was very fortunate to commentate on this year, as well as Chris McCarthy in the Frecker Championship. And he was unbelievable. You know, you can believe the hype about this young man. He is superb at what he does. Um, you know, and I, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go on and, and do great things. I mean, I was hearing in the paddock um, back when I did my first season of Euro Formula, and of course, Frecker used to run, run alongside it. We'd also have Italian F4, which Kimi was in that year. And um, I, I go around the paddock speaking to various teams, drivers, and they, they'd say that they that Mercedes has got a three-year plan for Andrea Kimi Antonelli to be in the Mercedes Formula One seat. Um, which is unreal. So I, I want to, I want to see him and and see how he performs in in the F two car. I think that this could be a defining year for motorsport. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you go straight to F two as well because I don't think anybody's that excited by um, F one. It's always difficult until preseason testing to work out if there's going to be a shakeup. But I found well, in the last couple of years, like after the first couple of races. That either either you've got you've got a, a core of users a core of viewers who are going to watch that season, or you haven't. You're going to keep the diehards, but those in the fringes, the kind of drive to survive. This is really really cool. If there's something going on, they'll decide in the first couple of races. Oh, well, Max is winning all the time. There's no point in watching. So yeah. it's going to be it's going to be interesting. And, and I do think the more people are watching real world motorsport, the more people sim race because people get yeah. inspired by it, right? Um, and now, what I'd like to know, George, is why is F2 the, in, in the game, in, in F1 23 and F1 24, why is the F2 category so unpopular? No, no, caveat being that we've just seen Creator Series have just taken on an F2 uh, tier, I guess, which is good news. Yeah. Um, but WRPSGL don't uh, adopt it. We very rarely see it uh, on, on YouTube or Twitch. Why? Lord knows. Uh, I mean, I will say this about uh, PSGL. <laughs> um, uh, they they actually have adopted some uh, interesting side stuff, though. I mean, they've they've just brought out the Super Formula as well, which they're which they're doing the Super Formula Championship on Gran Turismo, which is very exciting. They had a very successful year season first run on the Gran Turismo Porsche Cup Championship, which was you know really enjoyable to watch. Actually, um, you know from a from a you know, viewer standpoint, it was it was quite exciting. Uh, I mean, I would like to see obviously uh, more from SRO. Uh, if I'm honest with you, I think the the one organisation that has got it really right is SRO. Um, in in terms of the fact that they run their 
um, they run their GT3 championship virtual sense in coinciding with the real life championship. Like myself and you were there, Tom, uh, for the 24 hour spa. And, you know, we, we, we got to sit down and have a chat about it. And, and honestly, I really enjoyed being in the room because you had obviously the likes of your Jordan Peppers in the in the seat. And uh, I got to catch up with Leonardo Polcini as well, who was the GC Open champion the year before. And he, of course, was racing for Lamborghini as well. And it was great to see those guys there and also the sim racing guys that I know very well as well. And it was quite unique in, in that regard. And the fact that they took the points yeah. from the virtual sense and applied it in the real life sense, whilst it might not meet the approval of a... Of a you know, should we say a real life audience, it's definitely hitting, you know, the heartstrings, I think, of the sim racing community. So here's a scenario to to ponder. How well do you think this idea would be received by the paddock and the community? What if the F1 esports teams could earn a, a number of points towards the f1 championship no (laughs) (laughs) right okay but 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 what we've just discussed is exactly what sro sro do the real world teams that are spending millions and millions on their gt3 and gt4 campaigns uh, well so just gt3 campaigns for the for the for the um, the sro sim pro series um they get points for sim racing so they have to take it seriously because it means points which means cash so it, it you know your reaction there is probably exactly the reaction of an SRO GT3 fan when they were like, "We're going to give points for the esports series." I'm going to let it's you go. It's a little Ricardo. more complicated when the, than that because <laughs> you have to remember that uh, GT3 SRO is a spec series. Essentially, yeah. it's a factory backed thing, and the cars are all the same, or they are BOPs mm-hmm. and all of that. The thing with Formula One, it's it's a it's heavily regulated, but each company or each team will do its own thing. And then to have it decided by not technology but or, or driving, but for, by somebody driving a little bit better on online when things are completely different, it kind of it destroys the meaning of it. I agree with the Formula One esports should be side to side, same weekend as yeah. you know part of the show and probably even backed by the the real teams and probably it could be even cooler if you could do some sorts of things with the real drivers but not for the for the the championship itself i like to just throw these contentious scenarios in there and see see what you say <laughs> i do run the risk of sounding a bit daft sometimes but that's my job as the host right i have to throw these scenarios in and see what your thoughts are george is it a stupid idea unfortunately yes i think um i think at this stage on, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the formula one side definitely i think you could get away with it with sro like um, ricardo said i think you know because they're bop'd and they're off a rate you know a lot of the sim racing drivers are they have, they have the ability to race the real cars as well you know so you know you look mm. at baldwin for example he's a prime example like he was able to drive in the british gt he won a british gt race at brands hatch it was phenomenal to watch and then to see him as well compete in the 24-hour spa that weekend i was there with frecker that weekend but he was like george come on into the garage come and come and see our car and you know i went went into the garage 59 garage and, and got to see his car and, and, and you could just tell that he felt right at home there and he he really did fit in with what was going on and i and i think that really does show what is what, 
you know, what is possible. We've seen it with Lucas Blakely as well with um, him beating Valtteri Bottas yeah. and Sebastian Vettel at E-Race of Champions and also in Race of Champions itself. Mm. You know, he is a phenomenal... And his F4 podium. Yeah, absolutely. GB4 as well. Yeah. He's a he's a podium sitter in GB4. Um, you know, Yana Watmir, former Formula Renault driver, uh, competed in, you know, real-life motorsport. The only reason he's not racing right now is because of budget, you know, and the, um, the thing mm-hmm. is that he doesn't need to race now because he, he makes his living through streaming and, and sim racing. So, you know, he's, you know, it just goes to show there is an interlap here, I think, between it, but I think it's more feasible in the GT3 sense rather than the F1 sense. And, um, you know, whilst obviously during COVID we had the F1 drivers take into the sim rig, which was fun to watch, I think if Williams did have points that carried over from the esports side, I think they would have been grateful for them because George Russell was the best driver uh, that year um, whilst they had a really bad car. So if we did take your idea and apply it during COVID, I think they would have been very grateful for that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, we are nearly out of time. I just want to quickly, George, just go over what you think the highlights for league racing is going to be in 2024. What have we got going on in the community world? Uh, well, community world is very busy. I think um, the team events have, uh, have hit new heights. E-Series is massive. Um, you know, I think PSGL has done a great job by sort of interlinking the professional side of the game and applying it into the community centre. And it gives a chance for the community teams to have a platform uh, and race their dri- race their drivers against your Ferrari sports teams, uh, as well as your, you know, your Veloce teams and, you know, Race Clutch you know, various others, you know, that, that are part of it. Um, the league racing as itself is, is on a huge rise of growth. Um, you know, PSGL now witnessing viewers at least, you know, I think our last broadcast was around 18,000, I think, post, um, just post-stream, which was unreal, um, especially given all, all the negative, um, we, you know, the community have had to deal with lately. It's, it's quite soothing mm. and warming that we have got this sort of pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, should we say. Um, yeah. I, I think as long as leagues continue to persevere and, and essentially pick up from, you know, where the nastiness has sort of left us, I, I think that will be the shining light this year. Great. Any final words, Mr. Random Coolsign, before we wrap up our look ahead to 2024? Oh, man, I can't wait for uh, to go through all this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I do too. I think it's going to be busy on a lot of fronts and there's going to be a lot to do. There's going to be a lot to race and I cannot, cannot wait. Uh, Guys, thank you very much. Appreciate you joining me for this podcast and we will see you all next week. See you next week. See you.